Hallelujah. It is just good as a body of believers to just get together and praise the Lord and worship Him. Man, that was a good, was a good time of worship. I was just thick. I can just tell you, the presence of God is just all over this place, and especially up here. I don't know how it is for you guys, but it's really good here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that you've given us this time, that this is a divinely appointed time to meet with you. Thank you, Father God, for for your presence in this place and your spirit ministering to us. I thank you, Lord, that the spirit of God reveals those things that are spiritual. I thank you, Lord, that your your word is, is life unto our bones. It's life unto our flesh. I thank you, Father God, that your word, it helps us see. It helps us know things. It helps us grow and it helps us to know that you're here, that you love us, that you're good, and that everything that you said shall come to pass. Father, thank you for your amazing love, your amazing love that you poured out on us. We love you, Lord. We love you because you first loved us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'll probably be doing some seeking the Lord a little bit later in the service, but before we do that, um, you know, uh, talking with different people and talking in different situations, counselings, things like that, even talking with believers who've been walking with the Lord for a long time, sometimes you, you, uh, you hear things and it still like makes your, makes your head kind of, what, what, what's, what did you say? And uh, one of those things that I find more often than I think I should, and I think that this, I think there's, there's people that deal with this, I mean, I know that the vast majority of the body has this type of thought as well, but it's, it's, it really is about the goodness of God and people just not knowing that God is completely for them and that God wants what's best for them and that God has no evil in his heart, that he doesn't do anything that we would consider someone else doing that's evil. And uh, everything he does is perfect, it's good, it's pure, it's of the right motive. He never has ulterior motives. And, uh, and, you know, sometimes talking with people who are, who are trying to receive, like trying to, trying to get healed, trying to get out of a certain situation, even, even people who are dealing with marital issues, and you get down to it and it's like, well, I don't know if God, you know, there's just a hesitation. There's a hesitation about God's character. There's a hesitation about God's nature. And, uh, and I, I know we've probably talked about this before, but I think it's, I think it's good to talk about often is just talking about the nature of God, the nature of our Father in heaven. You know, some people, it's, it's like it can be religion that's tainted the nature of God. People, you know, have taught others God is waiting to smash you with a hammer when you do something wrong or, or that he's doing something in, in your life that's, that's really feels like it's hurting you, but, it's, but he's really helping you. You know, it feels like it's really bad. You know, but don't worry, that's just God teaching you. He's, he's helping you grow. And, uh, and so, this, so there's religion that has come in and is taught against God and against his nature, against his goodness. And they lump everything that the devil does with what God does and they call it all God. And everything that you see in this world today, everything that's happening, it's just God's will. It's his plan for you and, and what he wants in your life. He'll just make it happen whether you want him to or not. He's going he's gonna to get his will done, and, and that's everything you see is his will. And how many know that it's hard to reconcile seeing evil 
done in the world, and then also reconciling, well, God just is doing what he wants every single, every single time someone passes away, gets cancer, gets some sort of sickness, their child, uh, they, they lose a child in childbirth or something. It's like, well, is that God's will? Is that really what he wants? Is that really his plan? Or is there, is there an enemy at work at the same time who has a will, who has a, his own plan for your life and your loved one's life? And, 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 and how many know that he de- God doesn't always get his way? That's reality. God doesn't always get his way. If, if he got his way 100% of the time, your life would look like the Garden of Eden. It would look like Jesus walking the earth, you know, we see Jesus as the express image of the Father. So everything he said, everything he did was 100% the will of God. Or we, or we could look at heaven and say, you know what? Your life would be heaven on earth. Your life would just be heaven. If it was God's will happening in your life, every single moment of every single day, you would just, it would be absolutely perfect. There would be nothing wrong. There would be no evil in your life. Where God is, there can be no evil. Where his plan is, it's without evil. It's 100% good. Amen? If you got your Bibles, turn with me to James. Chapter 1. If you didn't know where it is, it's right after the book of Hebrews. That's how I always remember where it is. (laughs) It's kind of easy to find Hebrews a lot of times. It's in the back. See? There's the back. James 1. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We're going to read in verse... Well, we'll start in this, verse 13. He says, Let no one... You all there, James 1, 13? says this, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Notice that temptation is not part of God's will. There's not going to be any temptation in heaven. There's not going to be any temptation from, you know, we, we don't see Jesus going around tempting people to do something, right? God's plan for your life is for you to live completely temptation-free. However, he knows that in this place, he doesn't always get what he wants, and there's an adversary that goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, those who will allow him to mess their lives up. But God has, has made a way for you to escape every temptation. He's made a way for you to, in every temptation that's thrown at you, everything that the enemy has put in, in your path, God's already planned for there to be a way for you to conquer it for you to overcome it, for you to, to, for you to escape it, which means what? You can live this life completely sin-free sin if you're doing things the way that the Lord's provided for you, the, the path that he's laid out in front of you. Amen? Amen. Let's, let's keep reading here. Um, 15. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full-grown, full, full brings forth death. 16. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Is it possible that when you read do not be deceived that it's likely there's a there's a real temptation of deception in this area. Anytime you see it in scripture, don't be deceived. There's a truth that's attached to that that most people don't get. There's a truth that's attached to that that is completely 
people are blind to today. And so do not be deceived, my beloved, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Variation means there's no changing. He's not changing one day. He's in a good mood one day. He's in a bad mood the next. He's, he's in a bad mood because you did this and because you lived right today and you, you, you decided not to cuss today. Good job. God's happy with you now. He's, he's changed his mood. There's no variation in him. He's not changing. He's an unchanging God. And there's no shadow of turning. There's no, there's no if, you have, if you have pure light, it gives off no shadow. Shadows come from other things that it casts from the, from the light. But light itself has no shadow. I don't know if you've ever like held up a like a like a a light or something a, maybe a a lighter that's the word I'm looking for held up like a lighter or a candle in a dark room to a wall you notice you might see some different shadows on that wall you might see a candle on the wall that's a shadow but you'll never see the flame have a shadow on the wall it's, there's just no darkness in light there's absolutely none and so God is completely pure light every good Gift, every perfect gift comes from him. Notice it doesn't say every gift comes from him. Everything comes from God. Everything in your life came from the Lord. He put it there to help you learn, to help you grow. No, every good and perfect gift. If you could describe it as good, wow, that, this is awesome. This is, this is perfect. This is like, hallelujah, this is amazing. That we can say is, is from God. If it's not that, it's not from him. It's not, we're, we can never look at evil and say, man, God, what are you doing? You know how many times I've, I've, I've talked with people and, just, and you know, they'll think, say things like, God, why haven't you healed me yet? God, why haven't you delivered me from this yet? How come I can't get God to do this? How come I can't get God to do that? And you know the underlying tone of those of, of each of those comments or questions is God's holding back something good from them. God, if God would just decide to be good towards them, man, they would get set free. They would get healed. If God would just decide to, to, to help their marriage and get involved with it, it would be awesome, right? But the approach that works is knowing that God is good and he's, he holds nothing good back from you. He holds nothing good back from you. You know, I remember one time uh, I was I was uh, praying with my wife. She was she was dealing with some sort of pain. I don't really recall exactly what it was, but it was it was something that was pretty serious, and it was something that she had been dealing with for a while. And this was this was years ago, but um, I remember praying for her. And so, you know, we were at the time. I think we were learning healing. We were learning the power of God. We were learning that God wants us healed and things like that. And uh, and I remember laying my hands on her and saying, "In Jesus' name, be healed." And and then like, okay, how's it how's it how's it going? What, what's going on in your body? Right? Test it out. Are you, is it is it manifest yet? And uh, and no, it's not. And I'm like, kind of getting frustrated. Like, God, what's going on? How? how you know, there's just frustration happening, and uh, and I remember I remember praying. I said, God, we want this healed. Just just being honest, pretty ignorant at the time as well, but just being just being real. God, we want this healed, 
And we both, I, I heard this in my heart, and my wife said she heard this in her heart right after this. He said, he said I, I want it healed more. And that just kind of made me like, okay, I, this shouldn't be difficult then. This shouldn't be so difficult. If God wants this more than I do, and I know I want it pretty bad, I know she doesn't want to have to deal with this pain anymore. I mean, think about my level of want, my, my desire here. It's pretty big. And God's is more than that. And what is happening? What is going on? And uh, as, as, soon as, I, as soon as he said that, it was like, this, this should be easy then. And see, really, when you're seeking the Lord and you're, and you're getting to receive from him, you're trying to get into a place of reception, it starts with this. He wants you receiving from him more than you do. He wants to get his life into you. He wants to get his promises manifest in your life. He wants you to get delivered of things. He wants your marriage prosperous and and successful and full of God's kind of love. He wants those things far more than you do, far more than any person on this world does. And he, not only does he want it, he went through great lengths to make it happen. Now, when I say he, he went, notice I'm not saying he's going. He's not going through great lengths to ha- make it happen. He went through great lengths to make it happen. God is not, he, he's not holding things back because he already gave. For God so loved the world, he gave. Everything that, you've, uh, that, that you need in this life, everything that's, that's supplied, uh, that, that you need as far as provision for your life, it was supplied already through the cross. Through the cross, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. Everything was given then, 2,000 years ago. See, Jesus is done doing things. That's why he sat down at the right hand of the Father. That's why on the cross he said, it is, it is finished. It's done. I'm done doing what I'm doing. Uh, I, I gave everything I can give. I've provided everything I'm going to provide. And I'm sitting down. And see, this takes out the question of what is the will of God in this situation? What is the will of God in my, for my life in this situation or in this situation? Now, there's everything that's promised in here. The, the, the scriptures say that all of his promises in Christ are yes and amen. Notice that when Jesus was on the earth, you, you don't see one time where someone came to him for in any sort of need, no matter what it was. And he said, you know, not for you. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to do this for you. Sorry, it's not going to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm canceling, uh, I'm, I'm canceling all your, your, your things that I've planned for your life in the future because I want you to pass away now. That's my plan is for you to die young. And you don't see that at all in Jesus. And everything that you see in Jesus is yes. Lord, if it be your will, would you... What does he say? I am willing. Yes, I am willing. Everything that God is, is good. Everything that he's designed is good. There is nothing about him that is... That is we, we should be afraid of. You know, one thing uh, that I also see people deal with um, is, is issues with the Father. The people have issues with their Father. Now, I'm talking spiritual father, and I'm talking their heavenly father, and the reason they have issues with their heavenly father is because of their earthly father, their earthly dad. 
and I see this over and over and over where people just, it's like, I don't know if, okay, I'm good with Jesus. I'm, Jesus, he seems really nice. All those things about Jesus. But the Father, that's, that word scares me. That, that type of position over me, that's, I, I know someone who's abused that and, and abused their authority and abused that position over my life. I don't know if I'm, and that's, that people deal with that on a regular basis. And if, if, if people are dealing with that, a lot of times they're having a hard time receiving. They're having a hard time receiving anything from the Lord because they don't know if they're going to get the answer to their prayer or a smack to the back of the head. They don't, they don't know if they're getting a boot or they're getting a hand, an open hand, open hand or backhand. They don't know. And see, this is, this is something that we should have completely solidified in us without a shadow of a doubt. We know God is good. We know everything that he wants is in our best interest. See, people have even times when, the, when talking about God directing them and God leading them to do things. It's like, well, I don't know, that, that might turn out not so great, God. God, what if, what if it makes me look dumb? What if, it, what if it turns out to where, you know, this doesn't happen? Or what, but God, I want to do this instead. God, this looks, this looks where, where I want to be. I want to be, be doing this in my life. I want to be over here. I want to be with these people. And, and the reality is, if we knew God's nature, we would know that he is, his plan is perfect. That it's completely exactly what you want. It is what you want. I mean, think about this. Even Jesus in the garden, when he said, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. How many know that him doing his father's will was really what he wanted? It really turned out the way that he wanted it to turn out. It went through, it had, to, it had him going through some stuff that he didn't initially want to go through. Thankfully, none of us are going to have to do that because he did it in our place. But, you know, he's kind of like glorified above everybody else now because of that, right? Like his, he, he gets all the glory and he gets all the praise now because of what he did. And see, what God wants for your life is what's best for you. It's in your best interest to follow the leading of the Spirit in the inside. It's, it's, it's in your best interest to, to submit yourself and say, God, I don't necessarily think that's going to turn out great, but it's not really about what I think. And, and if you can do the math, the math says, okay, if I do what I want, I'm selling myself short. I'm selling myself short if I'm just going to do what I want to do. I need the plan of God in my life to, to, for me to be fulfilled, for me to be protected, for me to walk in blessing. I need his, his plan. You know, um, in, in kids' ministry, we see, we see kids regularly have experiences where they go to heaven. And, uh, and, and they're awesome, and, and I've, had, I've had glimpses myself. But uh, even this last Sunday, we had, we had a handful of kids all in one service, every, every kid in this service. They all, gone. Laid out in the spirit. And it was like for 15 or 20 minutes, no moving, no eyes open. I mean, and it was just instant. They're gone. They're in heaven. And uh, what's, what's interesting is every single time a kid has an encounter in heaven or has an encounter with the Lord and sees Jesus and they talk about, talk about him, 
You know, they're, they're never like, yeah, that was kind of brutal. <laughs> Man, I, he like put me over his knee. and <laughs> Not one time have I ever heard a kid talk about meeting the Lord and, and seeing his home, his heavenly, his heavenly home, and, and saying, you know what? Yeah, not for me. <laughs> no, that kind of just rubbed me the wrong way, and it wasn't, it wasn't as good as I was hoping. Every single kid is floored. Every single person I know has gone to heaven has been, without a doubt, jaw open. Oh my gosh, this is so awesome. God is so beyond good. Coming back with peace, knowing that their life's going to be okay. Knowing that everything's going to be all right. Why? Because I know where my home is. I know if everything turns out horribly here, it's, it's okay. It's okay. It doesn't matter anymore. I have a heavenly home, and it's awesome. Every single kid. There's not, we even had this last Sunday someone who was brand new. Brand new. We start worship. Right after worship is when the, the God encounter, the, the time of these kids going to heaven. He had never been in the service before. And, he, and he's talking about heaven. And you know what's what will really mess you up? He gets saved right after that. <laughs> Wouldn't that be like the best way to get people saved ever? Like, you could just make that happen. Let me show you what heaven's like first. <laughs> so you want to stay there forever? Yeah. Okay, here's how you do it. Here's how you get saved. That'd be the best way to get an altar call every time. Let me send you to heaven first. You go test drive. You go, you know, test out your new heaven legs up there. And then it's like in the altar call, he's like halfway through. Jesus, yes, Jesus. And see, no one has an encounter with the Lord and comes away thinking, ugh. No one has a no one has an encounter with God and thinks, man, that was. That wasn't as good as I was hoping it would be. Every single person that meets the real God, not the religious God, not the God that's taught in in the majority of churches where where he's out to get people and you never know if he's judging or blessing. You never know if he's going to be, his wrath's going to be poured out or his love's going to be poured out. That's not the God we serve. See, wrath is a real thing. The wrath of God is real. However, his wrath is completely appeased today. There's no wrath he's, being, he's pouring out on us. Because it would be unjust for him to do that. You know, when Jesus, one of the reasons he didn't want to go to the cross was because the wrath of God was going to be poured out of, on him. And he was, the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus, his son. I mean, think about a God that loves you enough to do that to his son, Jesus. But his wrath was poured out on him. Why? so that it wouldn't be poured out on us. It would be unjust. It would be, it would be double jeopardy for God to pour out his wrath on you for the sin that you've done, to judge you for the sin that you and I have done. It would be unjust. It would be double jeopardy for him to then look at us and say, nope, judgment's coming to you. Nope, uh, punishment's coming to you. Nope, my wrath and anger is going to be poured out on your life. It would be a complete unjust thing for God to do. See, when he did it to Jesus, it, was, it, it settled his, his anger. It settled his wrath for, uh, over sin forever. 
And so we're not, we're not in a place now of like, okay, you know, God, are you okay? Are we okay? Are we okay? And how many people walk around and when, when you get that little prompting to, to think about the Lord, to look to Him, to pray, which by the way, all of us get that. There's no one in here that's like, I never have a prompting this, to talk to the Lord. But when you get that and there's that, I don't know if I want to. Uh, listen, it's totally because you are not recognizing how good God is and you think that because of some reason, something that you've, some little lie that you believe about him or about yourself has kept you from saying, yes, okay, God, what? Oh, Holy Spirit, you're talking to me. What, what do you want to say? What do you want, what do you want me to know? Yes, God, I'll, because there's something that we say, oh, I don't know, there's that hesitation. That hesitation, we have, to, we have to get that out of our lives. We have to eradicate that. One of the ways we eradicate that is, is, is fully trusting in the goodness of God, that he is a good God, that everything that he is, his nature is perfect. You know, I hear people sometimes talk about how, how the Lord corrects them and uh, and I'm like, your 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 father's mean. <laughs> you got a mean dad somehow. My dad's nice. My dad loves me and corrects me with love, and he corrects me in a gentle way. He corrects me with, in gentleness and not slap me in the face. He doesn't. He doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't sting. It's interesting. There's no sting in his correction. There's only yeah. That's, I'll do it that way because that makes way more sense and, and God, I want to do it your way. See, if, there, if, if there's a slap in the face, I'd be, I'd be wondering, who's, who's bringing that? Who's bringing that? Because you know the scripture says that, that the enemy can come as an angel of light. And it says, and also says, um, then it's no surprise that, his, that some of his ministers have been turned into ministers of righteousness. Meaning this, there can be people who seem like they're preaching righteousness, seem like they're talking about doing right and not doing wrong, but totally ministers of the, of the enemy. Totally doing it from a spirit that is not of the spirit of God. Totally doing it from a spirit that is full of condemnation, full of, full of vile. And, and I, I would just wonder, man, what spirit are you... What spirit are you yielding to right there? Do you guys know that the disciples would yield to a different spirit sometimes? You guys remember when they were going to call, call down fire on, on people who rejected the Lord? And what did Jesus say? You, you know not what spirit you're of. Remember, remember when Peter was talking to the Lord and he would say, and he said, Lord, let it not be so. You're not going to die. You're not. And what did Jesus, he turned around and said, get behind me, Satan. What do you mean, Satan? That was Peter talking. Peter was yielding to his spirit. And the spirit he was yielding to was, he didn't even, he probably had no idea. He probably had no idea he's spouting the words of Satan right then. But see, God's spirit in us will, will lead us into a place of, of fruitfulness. It'll lead us into a place of, of righteousness. And it's not going to be difficult. It's not going to be you getting spanked the whole way there. It's, it's going to be you getting loved the whole way there. You know, the Bible says 
that we love God because he first loved us. You know, it also says that the way Jesus knows if we love him is if we obey him. I'll, I'll, know, I'll know you love me if you obey me. It's like, well, well how, do we, how do we get to a place of love? Well, we receive it from him. We love him because he first loved us. If we don't recognize that his, his main thing that he's doing in the earth today is love, the main thing he's doing toward you, the main thought that he has towards you, the main attitude and demeanor that he has towards you is one of complete, pure, not this violated way the world looks at love, but the way God looks at it, which is selfless, no ulterior motive. You know, when you start reading the love, the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, and you start going through that and it starts listing the attributes of love, you know those are the attributes of God. He's patient. He's kind. He's, he, he's not um, holding the things that you've done wrong against you. He's not paying attention to the wrong that you've caused him. Also know this, the, the fruit of the Spirit. Everybody rec- familiar with the fruit of the Spirit? There's nine of them, right? How many know that if they're the fruit of the Spirit, they're the fruit of God, meaning if I'm attached to the Spirit and I have, if I'm living in the Spirit, what's going to be the result of me? I'm going to have the nine fruit of the Spirit operating in my life. How can you associate with someone if they're not that also? How can you become that if they're not that already? Jesus embodied the fruit of the Spirit. His Father, whom he, whom he uh, was the express image of, also embodies the fruit of the Spirit. That means God is love, he's joy, he's peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. All those things God is towards us. It would be wrong for him to ask you to do something and, not, and him not be willing to do that also. It'd be, he'd be wrong for him to say, I don't want you to be long-suffering. I, don't, I want you to be long-suffering, but I don't have to be. I want you to be patient with people. But I'm not patient with you. I'm going to smack. How many times do we treat ourselves worse than we treat most people? And that's because we, we don't, we're not trying to treat ourselves like God wants to. If we'll, we're told to love others the way that Jesus loves us, we're also told to, told to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Loving yourself starts with you first recognizing that you're, you're, you're valued enough to be loved by God to the degree in which he loves you. If you have a hard time recognizing that you're loved, recognizing that you should be loved, listen, you being loved is not because you did everything right. If that was the truth, we'd all be completely worthless of love. We would all be not worthy whatsoever of his love. But God's love towards you isn't because you did everything right. It's because of who you are. It's because of the value he's put on you. It's because he, cre- he created you. He breathed life into you. He's called you to be your, his own son and daughter. And then he went and, and did the crazy thing of dying for you. And, and washing away every sin you've ever done. And then went further, cast your sea or cast your sin into the sea of forgetfulness. He said, I will remember your sin no more. And see, we go around beating ourselves up because 
you, we're not recognizing reality, which is everything that God sees is reality. The way he sees it is true. The way we see it, we can, we can mess it up. We can see through false filters. We can see through lies and deceptions that we've, that we've grown up with that have been given to us by false teaching, that have been given to us by just life, by things and experiences. One thing we never want to do is judge God based off of experience. Experiences, like, like I said, there's a real enemy out there. How many know he's called the God of this world? Scripture calls him the, God, the prince, of, prince of the air. So if we just say, this is, uh, I didn't get healed, so God must not want to heal, or, or I, my, my wife left me, therefore I'm not worthy to be with her. All those things are completely not because of God. They're, be, they're because of an enemy. They're because of a fallen world. Things happen to, to good people. Bad things happen to good people. But one thing should be sure in us. One thing should be absolutely foundational. It did not come from the Lord. It was not his plan for that to happen. He did not orchestrate that. And he also didn't allow it. Because isn't that kind of the same thing? I mean, if let's say my son's here and all of a sudden the dog starts tearing him apart and I just sit there and watch. And I don't do anything about it. How many say I'm a good dad? <laughs> I'm not a good dad. No, I'm going to do everything I can to protect my, my son, my daughter. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that they're okay, that they're that beyond okay, blessed and loved and, and full of life and I, I would be willing as a natural person to even lay down my own life for my kids. I'm sure every parent in here feels the same way. And so God didn't allow those things. He's not sitting there like, yep, you're going to you're have to deal with this. This is just the enemy eating your lunch and sorry. No. See, he's done some amazing things to give you authority, to give you power, to overcome it, to, to put other people around you that, that can rally and intercede on your behalf. And he's done some things for you that would blow you away if you, if you got a glimpse of them, just got a fraction of them. Amen? God loves us. He's so good. Everything that he does is perfect. There's not one thing in his heart that's evil towards you. There's not one thing that he's, that, that's happened in your life that you would say is bad that's, that you, you could account to God. Everything that's good, everything that's perfect came from him. Otherwise it didn't. Otherwise it didn't. So we have to be solid on that. We have to be solid. God is a good God. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Pastor Mark? Now that you ask. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. That's good, huh? The entrance of His Word brings light. Yeah, earlier in the service, um, I began to, to see and be aware that one of the hindrances to individuals uh, regarding God's plan um, has to do with their own personal uh, failures or missed opportunities. And, uh, and, and, and here's the word. Uh, God's plan is not fragile. You can't easily mess it up. You can't trip make a mistake, or even deliberately do the wrong thing 
and now the rest of your life is blown. Man, I missed my window of opportunity. I had the chance and I didn't go, I didn't take that chance. And now, ah, now I can never get back. I can never get on track again. That's a lie of the devil. And it's a misunderstanding both of the love and character of God. His plan is stronger than that. It's bigger than that. And don't you accept for a moment that because of past failures or even past resisting of God's will for your life, that the rest of your life is toast. He is the great restorer. He can turn things around. He is the redeemer of our lives and He's the redeemer of time. Amen. And He is able to take your life from this point on and make something great. And there are many parts of God's plan even that we have at times aborted or missed that He can restore and bring back to a place of usefulness and fruitfulness. And so do not believe the lie of the enemy that says you have blown it and you cannot now uh, proceed and fulfill God's plan for your life. You can. You absolutely can do do the best that you can from right here from this point forward. I don't mean that we should take lightly opportunities and directives from the Lord moving ahead in life that we should think, ah, oh, I can get to it some other time because that disrespectful attitude will cause us to miss out on things. But I'm telling you, God is a restorer and if we will take what we know to do today, His plan you're right back in the you're right back in on the freeway even if you got off early wandered around the wrong part of town for a couple years in your life uh, but now you you're saying Lord I, I blew it I know I did he he is merciful he is forgiving amen and he and say I'm getting right can I get back on the freeway yes you can get right back on and continue on from that point with the plan of God. Now, I know, it, best case scenario, every one of us does it perfect from the first time. Uh, but I don't know if anyone in here could really honestly raise their hand and say, I've always done it right every time and I've always made all the right choices and timely choices. No, no, we, we've, we've all messed things up. And God knew that when He called you. Huh? He knew He was dealing with a flawed uh, individual someone that wasn't as committed or as faithful as they could be or as Jesus was and he called us anyway amen amen and so let's go for let's go ahead let's move on in the plan of God with full confidence that he is the redeemer he is the restorer he'll take what the enemy has stolen he'll restore it back to you again praise God and uh, and we'll walk in his plan amen Hallelujah. Amen.